being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing would be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, question of the day. What's a vehicle, new or used, you feel will go up in value as time goes on? And again, some of you, it's either because you have that vehicle or... You know somebody that does, and you're trying to get your hands on it. Some of you look at it as not only an investment, but you can enjoy the investment that you have. All sorts of reasons why people collect cars, and I've never judged anyone when it comes to the car they own or what they want to keep or, or, or whatever. I mean, it's completely up to them. But answer that question. Lines are open. 303-477-5600. Text line as well. 307 200 307 282.22. Somebody else said early's 80, early 80s Jeep Scrambler, especially with a six-cylinder. Um, they only made that for three or four years. That's correct. And it is a classic style, and it's different than even, or somebody else said early, glad, early gladiators, if you will. Um, yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think that Scramblers, by the way, have always been odd, somewhat desirable, and before the Scrambler, they were in, actually, they were called CJ6s. They actually made a CJ6. It wasn't even called a Scrambler, and there's not many of those around either. So, yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad option either. That's a vehicle that I do think over time will actually grow in value as well. But, again, lines are open, 303-477-5600. Any question that you've got for us, we're, here, we're happy to help. That's what we're here for, whatever you've got going on. And one thing, and I was – Talked about this a little bit on Fix It Radio, and that was with the storm we had yesterday, last night, remnants of today. Very icy last night. When Charlie and I both left here at, you know, about 5 o'clock, we leave a little earlier on Friday nights, and at 5 o'clock it was, looked like just fog, but it was such a wet, drizzly fog that, and the temperature was low enough that it was literally Icing over everything. Side windows, front window, back window, door handles, you name it. It was almost like we were in an ice storm in the Midwest. And to the point where if you tried to roll your window down, it was most likely frozen and you potentially could do some damage if not careful in that. And Jeff earlier had talked about roll it up before rolling it down. I get it. Totally. Can't, can't disagree with that. Along those same lines... The front window was, in my case, completely iced over. You could scrape it, but really it was one of those situations where just let the vehicle warm up enough, get it melted off, and away you go. Now, there's folks out there. I've been over this numerous times here on Drive Radio. There's reports out there on some of our major news stations, by the way. They're completely wrong. I, I don't know who these people are talking to as their quote-unquote experts. But the reality is they'll tell you warming your engine up will damage the engine. Actually... It doesn't. 
and some of you really quick, I'm going to help help out Charlie real quick and put a couple of you on hold. So hang tight. Charlie will get to you in just one moment. So hang tight. Uh, but some of these people saying if you warm up the engine, it will somehow damage it. No, actually, it doesn't. In a case like last night, you'd want the engine to be fully warmed up because as you were traveling down the road, even the splashback and even the mist that was in the air was starting to come into the windshield and even add more ice to what was there. And if you didn't have things nice and warmed up, it just kept building up. So point being, last night was a great example of where you need to have your vehicle completely warmed up before traveling. And that goes against what a lot of these articles and folks are out there telling you in the media you need to do. But they're flat out dead wrong. Dean and Greeley, you're next. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, about six weeks ago or so, you were talking about the black, new black and white license plates. Yes. And stuff like that. So just a comment on that. I noticed it also. I have a son that lives out in Utah, and they started last year with black and white license plates. Interesting. And I also noticed last year, too, Montana started out with black and white license plates. And my wife will tell you that back east, there's places like Delaware and other places that also have black and white. So to your point, Dean, we're not the only ones. Yeah, I don't know why it all started last year, but it's just at least it spread last year. That is interesting. And I didn't know some of those other states were doing that. That's very interesting. So you're going to have to pay more attention to what the name is as much as the actual plate itself. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, you were making the comment about six weeks ago for a while on black and whites, and then we had traveled to Utah a couple times in between there and last year. Very interesting. Yeah, they got the black and whites there, too. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. Uh, No, I appreciate that. Thank you for the comment. I appreciate that very much. All right, question of the day. Mickey says, little trucks like the S10s and Rangers, some of the older ones, yes, especially done really nice. Also, Miatas and the Dotson Zs and Triumphs. Yeah, those vehicles are doing very well as well, Mickey. So, yeah, thank you for that. You are spot on. Uh, Steve, go ahead, sir. Hi, John. Say, I've got a question concerning oil changes on an S10 pickup sure. with a four-cylinder. It's a 2.2. Okay. It's a, it's a 1998, and I bought it with 120,000 miles on it, and it now has 240. Okay. And, and I've been using Quaker State 1030 pretty much from the, from the get-go. And it, it doesn't seem to be using any oil, but it's coming out pretty black. And I'm wondering if I should be changing the oil more often than the 3,000 miles that I've been doing. Okay. First of all, whatever you're doing, since you've doubled the mileage, you must be doing something correct. I'm a full synthetic fan, as you know, but if what you've been doing is working, I would not vary from that. And and you broke up for a minute. How often are you doing those oil changes, Steve? I'm sorry if I missed that. 3,000 miles. Yeah, you're. I mean, probably a little early, but given the miles and the age of the vehicle, if you've, if you've put another 100, 120,000 on it since you've owned it, keep it up. You're doing fine. Okay. Great. Um, my other question is concerning the clutch adjustment on a, it would be a 78 Ford Pinto. Okay. It's a four-cylinder with a manual tra- manual four-speed. Okay. I had the engine rebuilt. I went through the transmission, and I put all new clutch components in it. And the, ha- the Haynes manual 
makes reference to adjusting the clutch with absolutely no free play, and that just doesn't sound right to me. No, because anything that's got a uh, a non-hydraulic throwout bearing, which that car does not have, that's all mechanical, you'd want a little bit of free play to keep the throwout bearing from running all the time. So, yeah, you're going right. to want some free play. I mean, I, Stephen, and to me, that's all personal preference as to how much do you want to push the clutch down. As long as the clutch fully releases when it's down, Personally, you could put whatever you're comfortable with on the free play. As long as when you get it pushed in, everything is disengaged, knock your socks off. Do whatever you want. Well, I have it adjusted so that there's approximately three quarters of an inch. I was just going to say that. I would, if it was me, a half to an inch, somewhere in that neighborhood is what I used to do back in the day because that's about where it felt right when you were driving the car. Again, as long as everything releases properly, Steve, you're in good shape. Okay. I wouldn't worry that about takes it. Care. That takes care of my question. You're a good Thank man, you, Steve. Appreciate you. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks for calling. Chris, I'll get you in before the break. Lines are open, by the way, 303-477-5600. Go ahead, Chris. Yes, I'm calling regarding the question of the day. Yes, sir. And how about an 84 Porsche 911 uh, convertible? Any 911 can go on the list. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, you are. And, and Chris, I mean that in all seriousness. I've watched those cars now for a number of years. I know a lot of you listening have them. Uh, But really, Chris, and even some of the ones where people would think they're not as good a car as others, if it says 911, it doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. It's so much fun to drive. Yep. Yeah, you are spot on, Chris. Absolutely. All right. All right. How How about the 07 Avalanche? You know that you know that's I'm glad you brought that one up. That's interesting. Given that it's a unique vehicle, they didn't sell a ton of them. Will it ever be valuable? And I will tell you, Chris, that I think this is my own opinion. I think the ones that I mean, a if it's cherry, yeah, it's going to bring money no matter what. Keep the keep the miles off. Keep it cherry. I think any of that vintage. Trucks even are going to be fine, that one included. Now, I also think, and I want to get your opinion on this, they made some of those without all of the cladding. You know, there were some Cadillacs and even some of the actual avalanches themselves. You could get them in certain years where they didn't have all of that ugly, stupid black cladding all over them. That one especially, I think, will go up in value. The one with the cladding or without? Without. Without, well, yeah, mine does not have it. It's the uh, old, okay. you know, new style Chevy truck. Yeah, I, I think know, because Silverado. Yeah, I think because it it looks so different than even the other ones, and they, and and you, as you know, there's not that many of what you own around. Yeah, I think that one will go up in value. Cool. I'm going to keep it. It runs like a dream. Yeah, I, I think that's one, Chris. You're 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 good in. I, I don't think that one. You know. I, again, you never know. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't look forward. You know, but if you look at the supply and demand of things, that car of yours being low supply, yeah, I can see that one going up in value down the road. I mean, I mean, Chris, who would have thought? This is I saw I, I saw this at Bear Jackson. I mean, who would have ever thought that somebody taking an eighty nine, eighty eight? I think I can think it was eighty eight or eighty nine Blazer, which they were not great cars in the first place, Chris. But somebody took an eighty nine, I believe it was. I got to look at the year to be sure, but Blazer of that vintage. Put it away, didn't drive it. Car had like 14 documented miles and brought a hundred and I believe it was $45,000. Wow. I mean, who would have ever thought buying that truck then would bring that money today? Yep. Yep. I didn't. I'll be the first to tell you. I didn't. I mean, I, 
those weren't great cars in the day. I would have never told you that car was going to bring $145,000. All right. Well, I've actually got an appointment with ProTech to uh, get ceramic coating. On there you go. Good job. He's a great guy. I had one done this past week. Going to see him after the show today. Roy's yeah. a great guy, Chris. I, He'll take great care of you. I saw, I, I, I saw your blue truck in there. Awesome. Well, appreciate that. He's a good guy, yep. Chris, so he'll take good care of you. I, I can't wait. You're the man, Chris. Thank you, by the way. Thank you for using him. We'll be right back. And, for, again, ProTech, if you want something done, window tint, the paint protection film, clear bra, we call it, or ceramic coating, Roy's your guy, ProTech. Find him also at drive-radio.com. We'll be right back. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Have you had your oil changed recently? Take advantage of savings on Geno's oil change service this month. Geno's semi and full synthetic oils protect your car's engine. Old oil gets less effective at lubrication and absorbing the heat of your engine. Geno's complete lube service includes five quarts of oil, a Napa Gold oil filter, and 35-point digital inspection. Importantly, our oil change service is done by trained ASC technicians, which is not always the case at quick lube businesses. We offer loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when it's ready. Visit us online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is a Napa Gold member and located at Bulls and Platte Canyon. At Geno's, we know a well-maintained vehicle will take care of you, and it all starts with consistent oil change service. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Here's why you need personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh on your side. He understands the way the jury thinks. In the context of a personal injury case, you've been hurt by someone else's negligence. The idea is that you're going to try to recover so that you can get back to where you were just prior to that incident occurring. What that really means from a jurist perspective is that you're going to be asking them to award you money. So when we talk about fairness, we're talking about six people that you don't know. Those six people view the evidence and make a unanimous decision that will decide what the fair value is. When you're the one who's hurt, you have a good idea of what you think it's worth. The question is, can you persuade those other individuals whom you don't know and were witnesses to believe that's what the case is worth? Kevin Flesh understands the way the jury thinks. Call now for a free consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. You need to count on your vehicle several times each day. That's why Napa Auto Care Centers count on nothing less than the knowledge and skills of ASE certified technicians to maintain and repair your vehicle. Napa Auto Care Center technicians study and pass rigorous testing to stay trained on today's vehicle technology for both domestic and import vehicles to give you confidence in a job done right on time the first time. Visit your Napa Auto Care Center today. Find a location at NapaOnline.com. Napa Online.com. 
If you're looking for great quality eye care, look no further than Stack Optical. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and for over 20 years, Alan Stack has been taking care of our optical needs. At Stack Optical, they handle all of your eyewear needs with glasses, prescription glasses, shooting glasses, sunglasses, contacts, eyeglass repairs, and yes, even eye exams. And those eye exams are only $69. And if you've been told you've got a complicated prescription, that's just one of the specialties at Stack Optical. Optical. At Stack Optical, they have their own on-site lab, and in most cases, you can have your new glasses in just two to three days. Stack Optical, 2233 South Monaco Parkway. Free and up-close parking. Call them today, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578, or visit stackoptical.com. And remember, at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, Kent up in Sterling. Novus also said NEZL1 Camaro. Uh, yeah, in fact, they're getting more desirable all the time. So, Kent, thanks for that as well. And all of you that need glass work done, Novus Auto Glass, Fort Collins, Sterling, we got you covered up there. So make sure you go to the website, drive-radio.com, for all that info as well. Mike and Aurora, you're next. Yeah, um, as far as your topic of the day, I think uh, it's difficult to pick new vehicles. Probably some high-end luxury vehicles. Uh, definitely, you know, your uh, sports cars. Uh, somebody mentioned Porsches. Uh, the Corvette, of course, in the Dodge line of uh, SRT vehicles. Yeah. But then, yeah, I'm wondering, what what is going on with the price, prices of DeLoreans? They're going way up, too, which they were just a bucket of bolts. So, Mike, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry they were. They were the... They were the most awful vehicle on the planet. Yeah, I sat on it. I never drove it. but uh, Yeah, you know what? I, I actually drove one once. I don't remember. I wasn't very old uh, or hadn't been driving very long because that's when those were you know, were out back in the day. It, it, yeah, yeah, just honestly, Mike, bucket of bolts. Yeah, the uh, Tans Nissan on, uh, on Havana here in Aurora sold them. <laughs> they had to put up a sign, please don't touch it. Because it had all these fingerprints all over it, and uh, I can't remember how you supposedly got that off. If you had to use a Brillo pad or something, yeah, there was a weird way. Well, the Cybertruck is going to experience some of those same issues the Tesla did, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes. Well, there's a, a story I didn't read it on, on the Drudge Report right now about uh, the Tesla Cybertruck rusting. Yes, I saw that. Saw that they're they're coming up with little rust spots in some cases after people have only owned them for three or four days. Wow! Yeah, I mean, isn't this thing supposed to be stainless steel? It is stainless steel, which typically, as you know, doesn't rust, but evidently the type they're using does. Oh wow! Which I find interesting. That, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, mentioning that if you could preserve one to keep it from rusting, that might be a I wonder if any of the EVs are going to be... That's a great question. You know, I think, personally, I I think the potentially the Hummer EV, depending upon how many more of those they make and or if they stop making them, which don't be shocked if they don't stop, because I don't think GM's Mm -hmm. making much money on those, that would be one where I could see that one in particular down the road 
being worth some money. But when it comes to, Mike, I hate to say this, but regular EVs, Lightnings, Teslas, and so on, you know, maybe a, a Tesla Plaid down the road potentially, but outside of some of those unique ones, I don't see them going up down the road. Just, they're just a regular what, commodity-type car. What's a Tesla Plaid? Uh, that's the fastest car made right now. Is that a two-seater No, Tesla? it's a regular four-seater, but it has got all okay. of the gumption you'd ever want. Let's just say it that way. Well, his website used to have uh, this feature. Uh, it would actually be the second uh, Roadster, two-seater Roadster. I said it in the first one. Yeah, line. that one's that one. He's gonna. Yeah, the, the, and by the way, the, now that Tesla Roadsters, if you can find one of those, yes, they're they're worth a lot of money. Well, that first model, I, I must have got paralyzed in the showroom, sitting in that thing. Uh, by the way, Tesla Plaid, one point nine nine zero to sixty time. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Now the uh, he was going to come out with a uh, second generation Roadster, and it was you're going to be all uh, like that. I don't remember the exact time, but it, it was much. It was even um, better looking. But haven't heard anything more about it. Um, hmm. But yeah, I don't know. If you could preserve one of those trucks, uh, the test the Cybertrucks, maybe it might be. Uh, maybe like I said I thought I thought I thought of the uh, the uh, Hummer. The EV Hummer too is maybe enough. Yeah, that that one may ver- again. I all of this, and somebody even said, you know, if you could create a crystal ball for this stuff, it would be great. I, yeah, I mean, some well, of this, Mike, is a, is a guess. I mean, some of it, I think it's pretty. There's pretty. Uh, how should I say? You can make a pretty educated guess on some of these things. For yeah. example, I, I do think any of the Hellcat versions of, the, especially this last model year or probably any model year i do see down the road those being worth some money because again it's a low production car they didn't make that many to begin with a lot of people are going to hang on to those the ones that do make it back into the marketplace uh, i think they're going to get a pretty big penny for so it really doesn't matter whether it's a you know trx a challenger a charger a a, a durango I, i don't think any of it matters some will be more valuable than others but i do think any of the hellcat version vehicles will be worth money well, the problem with EVs, I mean, I was surprised to read maybe in the last year and a half or two that Chevy made the Spark, you know, that little right. import, an EV, but they stopped uh, uh, making batteries for it. Right. And uh, and nobody, you know, unless you can find somebody that's going to craft these batteries, maybe that'll be a whole new industry. Uh, you've got a you've got a paperweight, a big heavy paperweight. A brick. Yep. And and uh, what can you do? Let's scrap it. I guess I don't know. But uh, well, anyways, that's that's all the thoughts I had on it. Good uh, stuff. Let's go then. Good stuff, Thanks. Mike. Thank you as always. I appreciate it very much, David in Denver. You're next. Go ahead. Hey, John. Hey, David. This isn't a um, motor question as much as it's. I've got a client or a friend who had a relative die. And unfortunately, he didn't, they can't find the combination to the safe in the house. Oh, boy. So I wanted to see if you had any contacts, you knew anybody that dealt with, uh, you know, cracking safes. I, David, I do not. That's one where I'd have to just do some research and go online and get some referrals and see. I know that is one I don't have 
a single referral in that in that I know a locksmith, but I don't think he does any you know any any safe cracking. He does you know keys and things like that, but nothing on that. Okay, I'll do some checking elsewhere. I thought I'd check with you first to see if you had a trusted contact. All right. And is it and what kind of safe is it, by the way? It's a portable, but I don't know what kind. It isn't one in the wall or the floor. Oh, so it's so it's a it's a portable. Well, no offense. So you a, can pick it up and yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. I, on a portable, given the value of it, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on it. I would probably take that to somebody, you know, an auto shop, somebody with a torch, whatever. I, you know, I wouldn't spend the money on a safe cracker on that one. You could, you could get somebody to cut the door off of it as easy as anything. All right. They're not. I mean, no offense, David. You could buy that safe for two hundred fifty to three hundred bucks. So however you can get into it, get into it. it ain't going to matter at that point. It's not worth calling somebody out for that. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Enough about it. I just asked the question whether it's in the wall or something like that. He said, no, it's it's the uh, more of a portable one, but I don't have background. But that's a good idea in the meantime that if they can't, they just go in there and get it uh, get a torch. Exactly. So, all right. Thanks, John. You're very appreciate welcome, David. I appreciate Thank it. You. Up next, we've got our car review. Uh, we had requests from several of you that, hey, can we play what we do on Mondays? My son and I do a review on Monday. Could we replay that? on Saturday, and we said, well, absolutely. It took us a little bit of time to get all that done, but we're now doing that on a routine basis at 11.30, so we'll play that next. We did a, a RAV4 review a little earlier this week, so that's what you're going to hear next. Richard, you drove a car here recently. Give us a uh, give us some insight into what you just drove. Yeah, that's I just drove the 2023 Toyota RAV4 Prime. And for those of you that are asking, Richard, what in the world is that? Well, it's pretty simple, Dad. It's basically their plug-in hybrid version of the RAV4. Okay. And so you get, I think it's about 40, oh, let me see here, hold on, I'm going to pull up this, the specs. I think you get 41 miles of, uh, 42 miles of electric-only range. So, you know, you plug in at home, you get 42 miles, and then after that, it converts directly, basically, to a hybrid, right? And essentially, the car operates just the same. It's sort of, it's sort of Toyota's, um, again, it's, it's their variation, right? It's their, their go-between in between a full plug-in electric vehicle and their, obviously, their hybrid technology. So they're giving you a bigger battery pack, um, you know, to go along with, you know, kind of a, a slew of other features. And so far, I've enjoyed it, Dad. I think that this is the sweet spot for all manufacturers, to hmm. be honest with you, is sort of providing that 50-mile range. Because I think the average commute for most people is between, like, 25 and 40 miles, just depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, that, again, being able to go home, you know, you can charge it with a normal, you know, 110-volt outlet right, right at your house. You don't need a special right. you know, level 2 charger. Good Although point. I will say, with, with what I've got at home, it charges it up in about 10 hours or so, which isn't bad. That's not bad. Right? You know, if you've got a full, yeah, full electric vehicle. And mind you, this is charging it to 100%, right? So if you have a typical electric vehicle, it usually wants you to stay between 20 and 80% on the plug-in hybrids. Or I don't know what they've done differently, Dad. All I can say is it usually just goes up to 100%, and it works fine. This vehicle, as priced, just under $52,000. It's the XSE trim level so there's kind of only two if you were to go get a normal rav4 hybrid that's about ten eight to ten thousand dollars more dad right so if you want that electric only capability you're going to pay a little bit money a little bit more money for it however i again i will say this dad if you have a pretty or pretty small or, or i guess maybe pretty average um commute to and from work you may not go through a tank of fuel and maybe two, every two weeks yeah, I good would point say. 
Good maybe, point. Maybe even three, just depending on you know how long you're driving, that sort of thing. So I really like that. As far as the interior apportionments go, you know, I've got heated and ventilated seats, heated steering wheel, automatic headlights, easy to use infotainment system, everything that you've come to expect from Toyota. The RAV4 was redesigned a few years ago, Dad. They've kind of kept with the same thing. It looks really nice. You can fit four full size adults in it. It's got a nice, uh, you know, nice good size sunroof. Um, as far as that goes, uh, you can fit um, a seat in the back. You have a little bit less cargo room, Dad, than you do in a normal RAV4, but that's to be expected, right? You, they've got to make room for some of the batteries and things like that. As far as fuel economy goes, Dad, they've got an average with electricity and gasoline of 94, but on gas only, you're right. You're going to be right there at the 38 miles per gallon mark, Dad. And so I would say, again, we always say, Dad, go out and test drive these. But, again, I think if you're in the market for maybe a hybrid-type vehicle, maybe check this out because you can get this vehicle for under $50,000 depending yeah. on how you apportion it. You know, how you apportion it. Right. And, again, you're going to be able to get something that will get you where you want to go, in most cases, on electric only. And I will say this, last thing, Dad, the performance with the beefed-up kind of electric yep. motors and yep. such is phenomenal. It actually has the second fastest 0-60 to 60 time of any Toyota that is not a Supra. <laughs> so just, just saying, it's kind of pretty incredible. So I encourage folks, get out, test drive it yourself. Um, and when you do, let them know that John and Richard Rush from Rush to Reason and Drive Radio sent you. Napa know-how! There's something special about Napa Auto Care Centers. They're backed by the national strength of Napa. Nationwide warranties honored by thousands of locations. You know that's Napa know-how. But more importantly, your Napa Auto Care Center is independently owned and operated by neighborhood professionals who operate by a written code of ethics. Put your vehicle in the hands of ASE certified technicians who will greet you with a smile you can trust. Visit us today at NapaOnline.com. Napa you're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972. And it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 
303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. We are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Any questions, we've got answers. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. We also have the text line open as well, 307-200-8222, 307-200-8222. Somebody also said on the text line, on the safe, so Dave, if you're listening, might be worth a phone call, Henley Key Service. Supposedly they can do something on that particular safe. Again, that's not my recommendation. This is coming from a texter, but uh, good business is what it says, good Christian business, it says uh, buy and sells safes as well. So give that one a whirl. I don't have any familiarity with them and or, by the way, any other uh, lock or locksmith service on those small safes. So if that's coming from a recommendation, thank you, by the way, for that. I appreciate it. Dave, you could give them a call and see what they'll do. Somebody also asked, what's the average price of a DeLorean. I saw one go through Barrett-Jackson, but it was kind of done up in the Back to the Future. Um, how do you want to say that, Charlie? It just looked like the car, a replica of Back to the Future is what I should say. And it brought more money, but it was crazy, and frankly, I don't think should have, but whatever. Typically, though, I looked this up. They're bringing anywhere from 40 to 60 grand, depending upon the condition of the car, which... I am shocked at, is they weren't great cars to begin with, which tells you that the how should I, the reliability or how good the car was doesn't necessarily have anything to do with its value down the road. Frankly, there's a lot of cars that are worth a lot of money that are not good cars. They're just unique and or are desirable for a host of reasons, which makes the car more valuable because of the supply and demand side, but doesn't mean it's a great car. There's a lot of valuable cars, frankly, that you wouldn't even want to get in and drive. A DeLorean is a great example of that. They were not good cars. So case in point, just because it's a bad car doesn't mean it won't be worth money down the road. And, and this is where it gets really dicey in trying to determine what's going to be worth money on down the road. Uh, I don't know. Good luck. And um, at any rate, 303-477-5600. And, uh, you know, give us a call. We'll take care of you. And we'll do whatever we can to get your questions answered. Sorry, I'm texting back, folks, at the same time as I'm trying to talk, which is very, very hard to do. When I'm by myself, that makes it a little bit more difficult. At any rate, 307-200-8222, question of the day. What car do you feel will go up in value down the road, either a car today or even a used car? Somebody asked a question, uh, 1990 Jag XJS Convertible V12. This person has one. And... Value seems to be stagnant. Yeah, that's a car I've been watching, and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say I think the buyer of that car is getting less and less of. That's another thing, by the way, we got to watch for when it comes to some of these things. Just because it's a very desirable car, is it going to hold its value? Depends on where the buyers are. This is like any other valuable item. If the buyers start to go away, 
the car doesn't have, you know, the item doesn't have the same value it once had because there's not as many buyers. It's still the supply and demand side. Because with less buyers, the demand starts to decrease. So does that object. Jeff in Western Montana, how are you, sir? Hey, about the same as I was before, John. You're all right. Um, Glad you're calling. Thanks. Yeah, uh, years ago, maybe 15 years ago or so, um, I was listening to the, when we live in Colorado, I was listening to Tom Martino on his troubleshooter show talk about Rolls Royces. And he, he said at the time that he went and crawled underneath one, and he was amazed at how poor quality it was in terms of fabrication. That you know, It was great where you could see, but where you couldn't see, there were sloppy welds and, and different things underneath. And it was, they were basically handmade one at a time, and right. it was... Uh, and it was done uh, with, supposedly with the best of workmanship, but he was not impressed. And I was just wondering, do you have any insight into the manufacture of rolls, how that's changed over the years, and no. how are they holding up? In, in uh, it, de- of- it depends on the car. Some Rolls Royces do really, really well. Some, honestly, Jeff, tank. I mean, that's one of those luxury cars that, depending upon what you bought and who owned it, that that really has a lot to do with some of the exotics. In other words, you know, did Elvis Presley or Paris Hilton, you know, own the car prior? And, and I use that comparison because that's about from one end of the spectrum to the other. But really, Jeff, when it comes to those cars, it really does come down to, you know, what is it and who owned it as far as the value goes? In other words, the history of the car. No offense, you know, Jeff or John owning it adds no value to said car. So it really does depend upon who actually owned the car. And, and I, you know what, I can't disagree with him on... A lot of those quote-unquote handmade cars, depending upon who the builder is, doesn't necessarily mean it's of higher quality. Yeah, it, uh, that makes sense. I just It kind of surprised me at the time, but then the more you think about it, I, when I lived in Britain and we had a saying that the, the British were uh, 20 years behind and working three days a week to catch up. And uh, yep. that's, kind of, that's kind of the... Uh, yeah, yep. they, not that they were lazy people or anything, but it was just it was it was a different work concept and ethic and teton and all that stuff. So it doesn't surprise me that there it took a while for workmanship. But are they, or do they still hold their value today? Do you know? Or again, depends on the car. You can see some Rolls Royces where somebody may have paid a half a million bucks for it, and you can still buy that car for less than a hundred grand today. So it really depends, Jeff. And that's and that's true with a lot of exotics. That's where you got to be careful. Just because it's an exotic doesn't necessarily mean it's going to hold their you know hold their value well. It really depends on the car. Well, good to know. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, Jeff. No, great, great question. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Louis, next. Go ahead. Louis. Yes, sir. Are you there? I am here. Are Where you have there? you been? My wife was asking about you yesterday, by the way. I have been, uh, oh, what's that called? A oh, working. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that four-letter word, huh? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll give you yeah. a pass. We, 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 okay, well, that's fine. We'll let you pass. Yes, how's everything with you guys? We're doing very well. Thanks for asking. Glad to hear so your question of the day, I didn't completely hear, but I kind of got the gist of it. Yeah, what car do you uh, think is going to be worth more money, you know, down the road, new or used? So I'm on my way to a friend's house right now. Uh, his 70 Pro Touring Chevelle was parked in front of your oh, radio yeah. booth. At oh, the, yeah. Nice yeah. car. Very nice car. 
Yeah, and he's got a, I don't know what year, John, but it's a Viper ACR Voodoo 2 edition. Mm-hmm. That's number 21 of 31. And like he said, he can't even drive the thing because if he puts 100 miles on right. it, it's going to cost him devalues it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going down to measure the windshield to put on. That car, uh, I, I saw windows. a car similar to that go through Barrett-Jackson that I think, Think don't I have to go back and look from memory, but I think Louie brought somewhere around four hundred. Don't quote me, but that gives you kind of an indicator. And the car that car is probably worth a little more money than the one that went through Barrett Jackson. Um, yeah, the one that went through Barrett Jackson that was the white one. Yes, I believe it was white. I think white with a red stripe or something like that. Yeah, I'm look. I'm going to look it up. Uh, I think I might have it in front of me. I got to look really quick. Uh, I brought 385, so I wasn't... No, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong line. 313, it was white and black. It was an ACR Extreme 2017. Extreme, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the Voodoo... I'm not a, a trivia guy on, on Vipers, but I guess the Voodoo is pretty rare and exotic and what have you. And uh, my buddy paid like 130 for it like four years ago. Wow. And so, like you said, yeah. Oh, he'll he'll do up. fine on that car, as you know. This yeah. car here get, had more miles as well. I mean, not a lot of miles, 790 miles, so it doesn't have a ton of miles on it. But, yeah, gives, the Vipers, that's another car. You, you own a Viper, and I did at one time. Uh, any Vipers are going to go up in value. I don't care what they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then uh, to hitchhike off of, if I may, hitchhike off of what you were discussing last week about anti-theft. Yes, 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 yes. Cars. Go ahead. All, by all means. So... So we were watching the news the other night, and there was some carjacking where the thugs got out and was pushing the guy around and had the guns drawn on him and got in to hijack his car, and then they all left without the car. It was a Porsche 911 with a manual transmission, and nobody couldn't drive it. How to drive it? <laughs> couldn't drive it. And I laughed. And I laughed at my wife, and I said, "Boy, that's about a best." Deftie turn I've yep. never heard of. Just put yep. a manual transmission in it. There's a lot of people out there, as you know, Louie, that can't drive a manual. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, and I mean, it was just a, uh, yeah, they were good job, guys. Go be on America's Dumbest Criminals <laughs> next. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, I'll quit babbling. With no, you you're fine. Louie, as always, appreciate you, man. Good good to hear from you. You, you as well. All right, we'll man. Soon, talk to you soon. Be, be safe, Louie. Appreciate it. That's my pinstriper. If you guys ever need any pinstriping done, he's the guy to call and give you his number directly. Just you know, text me. Let me know what it is. But he is, in, in my opinion, and I've had numerous cars done by him, best anywhere, period. Mark, hang tight. We'll come right back, talk to you as well. Question of the day. Uh, name a car that you feel down the road is going to be worth money, new or used. Doesn't matter what it is. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Are you ready to revolutionize your ride? Look no further than Legacy Automotive, your one-stop destination for all your automotive needs. We're here to take your driving experience to the next level, whether you're an eco-warrior or a diesel enthusiast. Are you the proud owner of an electric vehicle or hybrid? Legacy Automotive is your go-to expert for top-notch EV and hybrid service. Our team of certified technicians is well-versed in the intricacies of these cutting-edge vehicles. But that's not all. Legacy Automotive offers a range of services for all types of vehicles, from oil changes to brake repairs, tire rotations to trans transmission maintenance, we're here to ensure your ride performs at its peak. Our state-of-the-art facility is equipped with the latest diagnostic tools so you can trust our experts to accurately diagnose and fix any issue. And did we mention our commitment to customer satisfaction? At Legacy Automotive, we pride ourselves on delivering a five-star experience. 
From the moment you step through our doors, our friendly staff will greet you with a smile and provide personalized attention. We believe in transparency and integrity, so you'll always know what services you need and why. Your satisfaction is our driving force. So why wait? Experience the Legacy Automotive difference today. Just go to LegacyAutoBoulder.com to book an appointment. Whether you're an EV enthusiast, a hybrid aficionado, or a diesel devotee, we're here to keep you on the road with confidence. Legacy Automotive, where expertise meets excellence. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Your local Napa Auto Care Center is independently owned, operates by a written code of ethics, and provides service you can trust. Put your vehicle in the care of ASC certified technicians in your neighborhood. They're backed by Napa. Quality parts, national warranties, that's Napa know-how. Your Napa Auto Care Center might just be the treated me fairly, I love those guys place you've been looking for for your vehicle. Find a location at NapaOnline.com. Napa have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. We are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Mark, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. Uh, wanted to call in about the question of the day. Yes. Uh, and I love the show. Thank you. Um, so, opposite of a muscle car, a collector's vehicle, and a vehicle that I used to think was kind of the norm would be an economy vehicle, like entry-level vehicle, with a manual transmission. Okay. And... Uh, I found recently that they're kind of hard to find. I found a new Toyota Corolla hatchback uh, with a manual transmission. Mm. The guy at the dealer said they only get about five or six a year because people don't want them or don't know how to drive them. I think both, yeah. I would agree with that. So I didn't know if they'd be kind of hold their value a little more because they're getting hard to find or what do you think could be again this comes down to the whole supply and demand and how many people out there are looking for it versus how many cars are actually available for sale uh and some cars just naturally mark for whatever reason start to become more desirable and i think i think some of the 
some of the manual transmission cars in general may very well become that way. Now, are they going to increase in value like a really hot performance car will? Probably not. But will they hold their value? I could see that happening. Absolutely. Oh, well, that's good. That's kind of what I was thinking. And just to be fun to drive and kind of bring me back to when I learned how to drive, Correct. that's kind of why I, why I picked it up. So I thought it would be just an interesting vehicle I don't think you went wrong. Let's just say that. All right. Well, thank you you're so You're very much. welcome, Mark. No, appreciate it very much. Thanks for the phone call. Eric, you're next. Go ahead. Hey, John. Hey, Eric. Hey. So pretty much anymore, any Jeep is going up in value. Uh, it just, of course, that's just a Jeep, a Jeep thing, you know. Yeah, you're right. So, um, so uh, oh, my God, there was a vehicle I was thinking of specifically, and I completely... Well, really quick, going back to the Jeeps, I mean, partially, as you know, it's just because people want them, they're desirable. A lot of them, by the way, end up wrecked or, you know, rolled down the mountain or whatever the case may be. And so they, you know, some of those are naturally coming out of the marketplace, if you would. It doesn't mean that they're scarcity by any means, Eric, but, you know, there is a always yeah. a demand for them, and it's why they keep their value fairly well, especially some of them where... You know, it's either a Rubicon or whatever, and the lower the mileage, the better. Yes, they'll always bring money. Yeah, it's it's. And one of the things I'm noticing was, you know, years ago when I bought my Frontier, a couple of people asking, "Why didn't you buy a Toyota? Why didn't you buy a Jeep?" And I, says, uh, I didn't buy a Toyota because I like being able to put food on the table, and uh, I I didn't buy a Jeep because I like having a roof over my head. And and they look kind of look at me, and I'm like, yeah, it's called the aftermarket. I says uh, that's that's kind of why I didn't buy one of those. And I said I'd be I, I would be flat broke from you know constantly wanting to hit the aftermarket. Well, understandable. I, I hear you there. You know you have to decide. You know where's the limit? And I mean I did that for as you know for years and years and years and yeah. send kids to college. You know doing that for people. So <laughs> you know I fully understand what you're saying, Eric. You can't argue that one at all. That's right. Uh, so uh, by the way, regarding. Um, uh, manual transmissions here uh, last fall i was over at discount one day getting took the pickup in there from the balance to rotate the tires and this guy pulled up and he's got this older suv and they were going to put tires on it and the kid grabs the paperwork and runs outside and gets in it and he's sitting there and i'm just kind of sitting there on the bench out front scrolling through my phone and the kid gets out and comes running back inside and the manager comes out and he goes he calls the guy's name and the guy says yeah right here he goes um, I got a problem. I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. He's like, uh, can you pull your vehicle inside for me? I literally have nobody here today that knows how to drive a stick. Unreal. And, you know, and I... Yeah, anymore, it almost yeah, needs like to become I, part of the job requirement for some of those people. Well, well, well yeah, and, I, and I, I looked up and I kind of laughed and the guy says, he says, I have, he says, like, three guys that can drive a stick. He says, one of them is my, is my you know, he's, is my assistant manager. He says, today's his day off. He says, one of the other guys called in sick. He said, the other guy's on lunch. Hmm. And I, and, and then he says, and, and the guy looked at me and says, hey, you can't drive a stick? And he says, I can, but I haven't, literally haven't driven a stick in so long. I wouldn't want to take a chance on doing it, on messing your vehicle up. Interesting. He he said, I'm just, you know, being honest with you. He said, he said, I haven't driven a stick in probably 20 years. Wow. He says, you know, and, and it's like, okay, at least he was being honest about it. Yep. 
You know, I, yep. I, I mean, it, no, I'd rather yeah, do that than having jump in and not know what to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it kind of sucks, but you know, yeah, it's, and I, and I'm sure probably on the repair side, it's the same thing. Oh, I know what I was thinking of. So here's two different types of vehicles that are going up in value. Okay. Uh, pretty much any JDM based import. It is amazing what Skyline and JDM. Yeah. Uh, GTRs yeah, are good point. Fetching. Yeah, no, that's true. Very, and, very good point. Uh, some of the older Land Rovers that have been brought in and restored and yep. updated. Yep. You know, something that sold brand new in the late 60s for $5,000 is now selling for $130,000. Oh, yeah. Any, any Defender and is then, worth money, even the four door, you know, the, the longer versions yeah. of the Defenders, Fender 90s. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. all. All of those are worth money, Eric, absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny. A couple of years ago, I went off-roading with some guys, and this one guy had a, uh, it was a 72 Defender, and he had bought it, and it was imported and brought up to spec, and then uh, he, you know, he took delivery of it, and it had a four-cylinder in it. And it took him two hours to go from 470 and Morrison Road or 470 and 285 down to fair play. Wow. Because it just, it was so gutless. Right. But then, once we got up in the mountains to go off-roading, he literally had the thing in four low and first gear and got out and walked along beside it as it idled past the rest Yep. Of <laughs> Great point. And I used, to, I used to follow him on social media, and cause I, it thing was so cool. And, yeah, he... Off roaded all over Colorado, and he turned around and sold it for five times what he paid for it. Oh yeah, easily, absolutely. Yep. Now nah, that you're spot on. Yep. That's that's a great yeah, example. So. so yep, good one, Eric. I'll let you roll with so, that. Anyhow. Appreciate it very much, Craig and Wheat Ridge. I tell you what, I'll do. I've got about a minute before we go to the the top of the hour. Um, you know, I can probably squeeze a little bit in. We can always put you on hold and keep going if we need to. But go ahead, let's get started, Craig. Okay, John. On the comment about manual transmission, so few people know how to drive them anymore i know dealerships really don't want them in their inventory and therefore that hurts you when you go to trade in a, a manual transmission car um i've seen several videos from other people that do road tests and they said you know the reason they bought an automatic let's say in a mustang gt although they could have bought a manual was that the dealership told them when you come to trade this back into me in a few years which they do because they keep their fleet new he said uh, I'll be able to give you more for the automatic than I will the manual transmission. I don't want manuals on my lot. Interesting. I'm not sure that's that might be true on that on a particular dealer. Although I don't know, Craig. On depending upon the car, I don't know that that's totally true. There are still some manual transmission high performance cars that are much more desirable for folks, including myself, than one that's got an automatic. Now the dealer might be thinking that, but uh, in general, that's not a blanket statement. Well, as as a whole, the automatics are, have become faster than the, the manual transmission cars. So. They have, but there are some purists out there, and they will they will spend more money for a manual transmission when that time comes. So there are still some of those guys out there. Well, I've got three manual transmissions in my fleet. There so you I, go. I, I still I still enjoyed. There you go. But, Prime example. But I also. Have- I also had a comment. You might want to hold me over. Yeah, okay, on, let's uh, do that. Okay, let me let me do that. I'll, I'll put you on hold right now, Craig. We'll come back, grab you here at the top of the hour. Craig, Mark, guys, both of you hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. 
Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.